It's Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. And this is Uranium Spotlight, your weekly podcast dedicated to delivering the latest news and events shaping the uranium fuel market and its critical role in the global energy landscape. Brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group, trading on the TSX Venture and the OTCQB. PurePoint actively operates a portfolio of advanced uranium projects in the world's richest uranium district and has established partnerships with some of the largest uranium suppliers worldwide. While our passion for this subject is undeniable, it's essential to clarify that the information presented here is not investment advice. Instead, our goal is to offer an unbiased and comprehensive review of recent events that could impact uranium prices. And now your host, Chris Frostad. This week on Uranium Spotlight, we discuss France and Germany's conflict over government subsidies for nuclear, Ontario, Canada's nuclear march forward, Microsoft's nuclear-powered AI, and over $150 million in uranium financings closed last week. But first, uranium prices. After taking a short breather a week ago, the uranium spot price took off again, closing the week at $73 US per pound U308, a $4 gain on the week. Last week, the uranium market saw a shift in sentiment and prices. Seven spot U308 transactions totaling 700,000 pounds with prompt or January 2024 delivery drove buying interest. Prices began at $69, but increased to $71 by Thursday and reached $73 on Friday. Prices for deliveries within three months at Cameco, Converdine, and Orano also reached $73 per pound based on competitive market information. The term market remained active with multiple utilities and discussions. One non-U.S. utility secured a term contract for 2026 delivery. Others are seeking offers for deliveries spanning 2026 to 2030, ranging from 1.3 to 6.6 million pounds of U308. Another is evaluating offers for 2024 to 2030 delivery. Additional utilities are preparing for market entry. France and Germany have disagreed over nuclear power for years. France relies on a large fleet of aging reactors, while Germany just this year shut down its last two reactors. France feels that nuclear is necessary for the energy transition, and Germany believes that it is dangerous, overly expensive, and produces too much waste. The issue came to a head this year over a proposed bill to reform the EU's energy market. The new rules were first proposed in March, and since then the disagreement has focused on whether or not France could use a form of government subsidy called a contract for difference to finance the lifespan extensions of its nuclear fleet. Contracts for difference require the government to set a minimum price for generated electricity, while also allowing the government to recoup any excess profits from energy producers when prices rise over and above a certain level. Germany felt that this would allow France's 56 reactors to flood the EU market with cheap electricity and drown out German producers. They also felt that it would put nuclear on the same level as solar and wind, whereas they felt that renewables should be given greater focus in the energy transition. The EU's rotating presidency this year fell to Spain, which on the 11th of October introduced a compromise, whereby France would not be allowed to use contracts for difference for its nuclear fleet, but would still be able to keep its fleet operational through other means, a proposal which Germany rejected. It was at this time that France's energy minister claimed that if France and Germany could not come to an agreement, France would move unilaterally to pass similar legislation within its own national laws a development which some legal experts warned would possibly be in violation of EU statutes 
and which also risked the French government's reputation with voters before EU elections to be held next year. Energy sector companies across Europe were also eager for the EU to get the new electricity market rules hammered out and a deal established before those EU elections. Fortunately, last week the two sides were able to come to a compromise. Now France will be able to use contracts for difference for its nuclear reactor fleet as long as they don't use the revenues earned from the subsidies to distort competition or trade within the EU. The deal was ratified by the EU member states with all member states voting in favor except Hungary, which abstained. This is good news for France's nuclear fleet and for energy producers across Europe as many states around the world look to expand their clean energy generation. Canadian's province of Ontario is a jurisdiction with a relatively large fleet of reactors. With 19 operating reactors and 58% of its electricity derived from nuclear sources, Ontario is a nuclear powerhouse compared to many other Canadian provinces and even other jurisdictions around the world. Two major companies in Ontario that operate reactors have come out with important announcements this week relating to building or maintaining their nuclear fleets. First, Ontario Power Generation, or OPG, on Friday announced that according to a Conference Board of Canada report, the building of four small modular reactors at Darlington Nuclear Generating Station will have the impact on the Canadian economy of adding $15.6 billion to its GDP over the next 65 years, including $13.7 billion to Ontario's GDP. The plan to build four small modular reactors adds to their original plan to build just one such reactor. The first small modular reactor is slated to come online in 2028, and at that point, OPG will make itself one of the first adopters of this new technology around the world. Bruce Power, on the other hand, has recently announced the completion of its refurbishment of its Unit 6 reactor at Bruce Nuclear Generating Station. The refurbishment began in 2016 at the urging of the Government of Ontario, and the project was completed on time and under budget. The Government of Ontario has ordered the refurbishment of several reactors within the province with the ultimate goal of extending their lifespans. In keeping with this goal, Bruce Power has now begun a similar upgrade at its Unit 3 reactor. The company started this project with the eventual goal of refurbishing a total of six of its reactors before 2033. Following the completion of all eight of its reactors' refurbishments, Bruce Power's life extension program is expected to generate more than 7,000 megawatts of clean energy. In addition, Bruce Power has also applied for an impact assessment for the building of another four reactors, in addition to its existing eight, and which will, when they are completed, generate a total of 4,000 megawatts of electricity. Artificial intelligence has made life easier for many people around the world as companies race to benefit off the radical new developments that this technology allows. But running and training advanced AI algorithms requires a vast amount of power. Now tech giant Microsoft is looking into the advantages of using small modular reactors to power its AI data centers, a solution which would allow for consistent carbon-free energy generation and thus carbon-free AI training and running 24-7. Last week saw several uranium financings successfully completed, demonstrating the continued interest and investment in the uranium sector, supporting various projects and initiatives in the industry. Denison Mines Corp. closed a bot deal public offering of 37 million common shares at $1.49 a share, resulting in total gross proceeds of 55.13 million U.S. dollars. The funds will be used to support the Phoenix in-situ recovery uranium mining project, exploration and evaluation expenditures, and general corporate expenses. 
The company aims to advance the Phoenix project to the project execution phase, maintaining its physical uranium holdings. Uranium Royalty Corp. successfully concluded a bot deal financing, raising approximately $30 million U.S. through the sale of 10,205,000 common shares at $2.94 each. The net proceeds will be used for future purchases of physical uranium, potential acquisitions of uranium royalty interests, and general working capital. F3 Uranium Corp. closed a strategic investment deal with Denison Mines Corp. involving unsecured convertible debentures worth $15 million Canadian. These debentures carry a 9% coupon and can be converted into common shares of F3. The proceeds will primarily fund exploration and development of the PLN property. Finally, ISO Energy Limited successfully completed a private placement of subscription receipts, issuing 8,134,500 subscription receipts at $4.50 each for total gross proceeds of $36.6 million Canadian. These funds will be used for the share-for-share -share merger with Consolidated Uranium Inc., exploration and development of uranium assets, and general corporate purposes. And that wraps up your Uranium Spotlight coverage for this week. For more news and events from the world of uranium, please tune in next week to Uranium Spotlight. You've been listening to Uranium Spotlight, your weekly podcast dedicated to delivering the latest news and events shaping the uranium fuel market and its critical role in the global energy landscape. Brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group, advancing its position as the premier uranium explorer in the world's richest uranium district. Join us again next week for Uranium Spotlight, 